0: You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of HR Mavericks. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Logan Mallory, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Motivocity. Logan, how are you doing
1: today, man? Garrett, I'm awesome. Thanks for, uh, for having me. I've, I'm glad you and I get to sit down for a little bit together.
0: I know, me too. I think this is going to be very, very fun. So I'm excited to really jump into the topic today. But, you know, of course, before we do, we'd love to have you share a little bit of background on your own career and also tell us a little bit more about Motivosity.
1: Yeah happy to appreciate that uh, that chance. I uh, I'm I'm currently running marketing for Motivosity and it is uh, so far a highlight of my career. We're we're having a lot of fun here. Uh, most of my work has been in uh, in in business to business tech sales and uh, and and it's been a really great career for me. I find that that marketing in tech is a really good balance of having responsibility for the company and still getting to have a lot of fun. Um and and so uh, I'm I'm grateful for that. Uh, a couple other side notes about me: I'm I'm originally from Detroit, but I've spent a lot of my adult life here in Utah. Uh, I'm an adjunct professor at Brigham Young University in their their Marriott School, where I teach uh, a business strategy course, and uh, have a great wife, four nice kids, and a white poodle at home. So that's that's about the uh, the, the summary of Logan Mallory there. I love it. Uh, as far as uh, as far as Motivosity, Motivosity is focused on making people happier at work. So if you're worried about retention and uh, engagement, Motivosity is a is a great solution for uh, for companies and and particularly small businesses. We do that through peer-to-peer recognition and kind of taking you know democratizing um, appreciation and recognition throughout offices. So rather than a top-down program or a quarterly MVP award that people may or may. Not win, Motivosity makes sure that people are being recognized every single day for the work they're doing, and that creates really powerful cultures of gratitude. So uh, that's that's the Motivosity intro, and and uh, we focus on on again making people happier at work.
0: I love it, and I think that that's such a key piece to point out. I know there's probably people who, when they first started listening to this podcast and heard you introduce yourself, thought, "Why do we have a marketing guy?" <laughs> on here, VP of marketing on a small business HR podcast. But that last piece about Motivosity is exactly why. So I know Logan is very knowledgeable when it comes to the stuff that Motivosity does. I know you're, you're, you have your hands in a lot of research. You've worked with tons of companies, small business, HR departments specifically to help with this employee engagement. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today and really dive into that Um, so for those of you with those, that question in your mind, why the marketing guy, because this marketing (laughs) guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff out here.
1: You know, Garrett, it's it's funny. I I end up speaking at a lot of SHRM events. I I spoke on some of the on the East Coast. I spoke here in Utah. I've, I've spoken in a number uh, lately, and uh, one of the presentations that I give is who invited the marketer to SHRM, and we talk about <laughs> we talk about employer brands and creating and and leveraging an employee brand and how HR teams can do that. So I wear a marketing hat, but uh, I help HR HR leaders uh, think through that lens, and and it's a nice blend of skills. Sets. So, uh, appreciate you yeah. letting me, the, uh, the, the black sheep in here.
0: Well, they let me in. So, why not you, right? So, <laughs> hey, I love that. I, we're going to have to have you back maybe for a future episode to go through that employer branding topic. But today, as you and I talked about, what do we discuss today? You kind of proposed this idea of employee engagement, specifically, what does employee engagement look like in 2022, the year that we're all planning for right now as we get prepared to kind of go into this next year. What does it look like? What should it look like, especially for small and medium-sized growing businesses? What does employee engagement look like? So to really just set the stage and really start off, I I would love um, to hear your definition of what employee engagement means. I think that that's one of those terms that gets thrown around a lot that everyone can kind of have different meanings for it. Does it refer to a software or does it refer to this or that? So tell us what you mean when you say employee engagement.
1: When I think about employee engagement, I think there's a blend of two things. One, it's how happy and connected do your team members feel to the organization, right? And think about the Monday or the the Sunday night sentiment. Do they go to bed on Sunday night, terrified or frustrated that they've got to wake up and go to work? Or do they go to bed and they're excited because they get to go back to work? So I think the first part is very emotional. Mm -hmm. The second part is a little bit more um, quantifiable. It's how much work are they doing and how successful are they in that work? And it's, are they are they producing the right results? So for yeah, me, yeah. employee engagement is, are you getting what you want to need out of your team members? And are your team members happy while they're providing that for you?
0: No, I really love that. And I'm glad that you separated both of those things as you described that definition, because I think that a lot of times we approach definitions of things like employee engagement only from the viewpoint of the company when inherent in the in the term (laughs) employee engagement is it means from the viewpoint of the employee too and so I think that you by sharing that definition you kind of talked about both sides of those things does the person want to actually go to work right or do they just have to and then are they Successful and productive and engaged while at work and getting stuff done, and that's kind of the viewpoint of the the business, right? What they care about. So I like that you added in both of those sides there.
1: I read uh, I read this article the other day, and I, I won't throw anybody under the bus, but it was from a academic institution that everyone listening to this podcast would know and it was about it was about employee engagement and in the article they kept saying the subordinates and I was like we're missing it like if we're talking about employee engagement and talking about subordinates at the same time like we're missing the we're missing the boat here
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, man, that's great. No, I I think that's absolutely right. And so, you know, employee engagement. There's two sides. There's that value for the business. There's that value for the employee. And making sure that you can meet both of those needs is kind of key. So, as we talk about that today, I invite everyone to just kind of keep that in mind. So, my next question for you, Logan, really is, uh, and and this part of this is really just obvious, I think. But why is employee engagement so important right now? Why should businesses, especially small businesses, be thinking about their employee engagement, what they're doing, and how they can improve employee engagement right now.
1: Yeah, you know, what's really interesting, um, there's there's a, a statistic we all know is that basically a third of your team members are actually engaged at work, right? Yeah. The terrifying stat that most people don't know is that employee engagement numbers haven't shifted in over a decade. We've mm-hmm. basically been stuck at 30% engagement for 10 years, right? So the ping pong table, the snacks, like none of that moved the needle. But people didn't have as many options as they do in 2021 and 2022, right? Like I I literally drove past a bank the other day. It was a local bank. They're paying $17 an hour for a teller, right? right. All of a sudden because of employee employee shortages, employees have options that they've never had. And they're going to make choices about where they want to be. And if they're not engaged, if they don't feel happy about the work they're doing, they're going to be able to choose something else. And so employers have a couple options. One, you could pay ridiculous salaries to try to, to balance that out. Two, you can lose your talent. Or three, you can take the steps to make people happy and, and like see them as humans and people, mm-hmm. not subordinates, like that academic yeah. article said, right? So yeah. I, I think... I think the options people have today are much wider than they were even six months ago or 18 months ago. And the businesses that that focus on um, helping their team members develop and grow and succeed will be the best the best employers out there.
0: Yeah. So ultimately it comes down to Hiring and retaining the best workers, the best employees for your business. And we all know the amazing benefits when you can have a team full of just A plus star players on your team. One of the things I really love about what you said is I know I I bring this up on so many episodes, but it's just so relevant, I think, to so many of these conversations is I love the analogy of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the classic Uh, pyramid applied to a workplace because so often when you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the bottom tier of that pyramid is really, you know, the physical needs that a person yeah. has. And when you apply that to an employee in a business workplace, if they, don't have, if they don't have adequate pay to meet their needs, if they don't have a safe work environment where they physically or mentally or emotionally feel safe, if they don't have the tools to actually just get the work done that you hire them to do, then the ping pong tables and the perks and everything else that are higher up on that pyramid just really don't matter. So I love that you, as you talked about this, you talked about a holistic approach, right? And when you have a really good holistic approach where you can engage employees and manage them through kind of their life cycle with your business and treat them like people and humans that's where it really comes into play it's not just about the perks and the ping pong tables but it's a it's a more holistic approach to employee engagement
1: right yeah. And I think those are the easy answers. They're the obvious answers, right? Like, yeah. oh, that looks cool. You'll see that when you walk through our building and and you'll know we're a cool place to be. Um, we did a survey, uh, Motivocity did a survey. It was a couple months back, but we surveyed 2000 people. And what was really interesting is that 70, no, excuse me. Uh, it was, it was basically 68% of people said that their mental health would improve if they were recognized and appreciated more often. Right. Hmm. So I think the lesson there is that we try to do all these things. We try to have all these, you know, perks, really people just want to be appreciated and recognized. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. It's so simple. Like when you, when it really comes down to it. Right. So I love that. So I guess the next question I have for you really then is how, how do employers really start to create a culture that leads to, engaged employees with high employee satisfaction?
1: Uh, I think there is, you know, if you study change management or spent much time like looking into that, really the biggest factor is your managers, right? Is, is the people leaders. And they are the ones through which everything you try to do, they're the, they're the glass or the lens that everything has to travel through. And mm-hmm. so like you might have an unlimited PTO policy. And you know, I know a lot of our audience is SMBs, so maybe that's not the best example, but you might you might have a, a, a PTO policy, but if the manager makes the team member feel bad every time they ask for time off, then then that bad manager is the lens through which team members see your company. And yeah. so I think that really understanding the impact your people leaders have on everyone else is so crucial. And it's such an important part of, of culture and employee engagement. And so what I'm not saying is fire all your bad managers. What I am saying is there might be some people who shouldn't be on the team. And there might be some people who just need a little bit of a push in the right direction. And there might be some people who need some like more more one-on-one coaching and, and understanding what your managers need to be the best people leaders they can is a huge, um, huge lever to be able to pull.
0: I, I love that answer because I think that so often it's a hard gap as companies start to grow to go from really small business where you just have an owner and some employees to then starting to add in that first layer of managers, people managers there. And then you start adding in more layers there. And it becomes difficult, I think, to really think about that level of manager support and how crucial and key that is to so many other aspects of your business. And I think that you hit the nail on the head that by focusing on that level of managers and giving them the right support and time and training and everything that they need to help them be better managers and help their people be successful, you can improve so much of your business. And a lot of times we jump straight to what are the big macro things we can do for the whole company instead of thinking through that manager or more one-to-one level?
1: I have, I have this story that I tell a lot. So uh, again, Motivocity is all about peer-to-peer recognition. And I was in a one-on-one with our CEO a couple of months back and I got out of the one-on-one and I got back to my desk and I had an appreciation on my computer. Like it had come through the Motivocity app. And it was a picture of of a movie trailer. And it said, Logan, I love where you're taking marketing. It's like we're the new justice league and the movie trailer was the justice league. And I legit like sat there and I kind of like looked off into the distance and I was like, I am the Batman of marketing. Right. And like, (laughs) I went home and I showed my wife and like, I keep like, I just kept thinking about that appreciation. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered what a company wide policy was in that moment. What mattered is that my boss saw something I was doing successful, took a moment to like recognize me, make me feel good. And that changed my, not that I wasn't engaged previously, but it like took me to a new level because my manager had simply taken a few moments to like encourage and coach and pump me up. And, and that made a world of, of impact.
0: I love that example because it's so simple, but man, it has such an impact when you experience that, I'm sure. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, I just want to build on that a little bit more. So we've kind of identified, you know, that manager level, especially is one of the ways that focusing on that level is one of the ways you can help improve employee engagement. But what other tools or resources can employers really tap into to drive more employee engagement?
1: I think I think one of the really important answers is how can you keep people connected right? Because people don't want to work most of us don't want to work in a silo or in a box. Like we don't wanna we don't wanna sit in our cubicle all day and or in our basement office now and and do the same thing over and over, right? We excel, we're we're meant to be connected. And so uh, you know, for a while we sat in a pandemic and people did virtual happy hours, but it mm-hmm. ends up like you can't do a virtual happy hour every night and it gets old and like people don't people wanna get off off of video. So what can you do to keep people connected on a day-to-day basis? Um, one of the things that, that we do is, um, you know, we share highlights consistently, and we've got kind of a, a common format. And even today, uh, we have, we've had three or four highlights go around the office. So the people in Hungary are seeing it, the people in Indiana are seeing it, the Utah office, like the people in the office are seeing it. And, and really sharing like our wins and our successes and the things we're excited about on individual department and company levels keeps us connected. And yeah. so we get to see how other people are winning. And what's really nice about that is it it happens even if we're not in the same room and and that's a part of our culture that that I think um, sets us apart from others.
0: Yeah, I think that is uh, you hit the nail on the head on that one too because I think that you know every business is facing that challenge today. You know, we talk about with the pandemic and so many people working remotely, but you think about a lot of those local businesses that have frontline workers, the restaurants, the home services, you know, if they don't have people that are working from home, they still have people that aren't necessarily in an office. And so they're removed, they're one step removed from the in-office type culture. So how do you, you know, communicate in a way that pulls everyone in? I think it's interesting that so much of um, it's it's kind of ironic that they got the two marketing guys on the podcast today talking about <laughs> this, right? Because yeah, because so much of HR is is taking on a lot more of those, you know, aspects of communication and marketing across a company wide level, and many in many aspects, HR is really um, helping to facilitate the internal marketing or internal communication among employees, which can be so powerful,
1: right? Yeah, I think, and and here's what's cool. You might be a deskless worker, but nobody in the world is a phoneless worker these days, right? Like, yeah. like you might not be at a desk and, and you might not be sitting in, a, in an office all the time, but everyone has their phone. And that's how they're connecting with people anyway, right? Mm-hmm. They're connecting with their family over FaceTime. They're connecting with their friends over Instagram. Like deskless or not, you know, text, text and, and phone and app. Is how people are connecting. And yeah. so you can leverage that sentiment for your deskless workers or people who aren't at an office. You know, a lot of companies will have an intranet, which is more formal. And, and Garrett, I don't want to like over, over pitch motivosity, but that's part of what our app is, right? Our app allows yeah. people to connect and appreciate people from, a, from an app without having to be at a desk. And, and it, um, it's a nice way to do that. Again, there's a million ways that, that a phone can connect those people. Um, I also, I also just think like that, that helping people recognize the impact they had day to day. And when they're, you know, they're on the, on the, the line cooking the food or when they're driving the truck, a thank you goes a long way and you don't need anything to say thank you except the words. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And, and my boss, my boss used the, the justice league and that was great. But for anybody to be told they're doing a good job or they did something successful that day is a win.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a great point. And we don't have to overcomplicate it. Sometimes it really sometimes just comes down to say thank you more often and encourage everyone else to do the same thing, right? That attitude of of gratitude, instill that in your culture. So um, one other question I had on this is just, how does this vary in terms of like the tools and the resources to help improve employee engagement? How does it vary by small businesses versus large businesses? Are there, are there things that are different or, you know, at the end of the day, are the principles still really the
1: same? I think the principles are really the same, except that in a small business, there's not as many people focused on it, right? Mm-hmm. In a big company, you might have a massive HR team or a, a committee that's thinking about values or, you know, a branding team that's pushing that message out. In a small company, it's the leaders, Right, it is the CEO slash founder slash president slash H- slash HR leader, right? And so, instead of having a uh, you know a small army of people to help think about this, small businesses have the burden of of thinking about it for the organization and there's not really anybody else to turn to. And so what what I would recommend is those leaders can't do everything. You can't run payroll, you can't worry about the schedule, you can't hire, you can't you can't do it all. But you can find tools or resources that reduce the burden of that. Like, I, like clearly, that's that's part of um, you know Eddie's Eddie's success and and is is uh, reducing some of that burden. Motivosity does some of that. You have to find tools that eliminate um, to do lists instead of add to them, and yeah, and yeah. that that I think is the major difference between culture at a large company and culture at a small company, or at least uh, spreading that culture.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. I think that so often as we, you know, at Eddie, we, I get the chance to talk with so many small business HR people who might be the solo HR person. They're wearing all the hats. They're doing everything yep. from hiring and payroll and everything else. And what ends up happening is so much of their time is spent on the administrative aspects of HR It's like the paperwork and just getting people hired and compliance and all of that, that they don't even have time to think about, or don't even know where to start thinking about employee engagement and culture and so many other aspects. So I think that that's so important to understand that this, how important this is on the impact for the business. And as your company is growing and scaling, there's, there's a point where that solo HR person needs to, you know push off some of the administrative responsibilities and up-level their role to be more strategic, focus on more of the strategic employee engagement and culture-building activities. But to do that, you've got to have a way to streamline and kind of automate and yeah. push off the administrative stuff, right?
1: So. Yeah. Clayton Christensen, I, I believe in how will you measure your life? And, and I don't think this is a totally new concept, but he talks about the idea that if you don't create culture... The culture will create itself, right? And and so, yeah, of course, you've got to check all the boxes of onboarding and, you know, W-2s and that kind of stuff. But you have to eventually get to the culture. And for small business leaders, you have to find the right tools that allow that to happen more naturally and and to be kind of a community effort so that you're not always constantly trying to, you know, hammer that nail.
0: Yeah and and like you said the culture starts on day 1 whether you like it or not it's being created right it's just how much you impact that or shape it as your company grows right and right. to do that you have to have the right tools and processes in place to really contribute to to making that happen so yeah totally um, agree yeah interesting um so last question i have for you on this topic before we really wrap up here is you know at the end of the day who in the organization do you feel like has the biggest impact on employee engagement? If you think about the different roles, you know, you have your CEO and your managers and your HR people and everyone else, right? Who at the end of the day has, you know, the biggest impact on really improving employee engagement? Uh,
1: This is a weird answer, Garrett. Um, I do, right? Like I walk in the door and I determine how my team feels. And when I walk in the door of the executive meeting and sit down with my peers and I determine whether or not I bring up employee engagement and the, and the issues on my team that need to be resolved or, you know, the, the unhappy employee that I saw or whatever it might be like, like I'm a people leader. I'm on the leadership team, me. Right. And so I think, I think if we all take that attitude then then the problem gets solved. If we say who's yeah. in charge of this and look for someone else to raise their hand, then employee engagement isn't a big enough priority for you. But if we all take ownership and and are looking proactively for ways to solve that and, and make it better and and make sure our teammates are happy and fulfilled and being mentored and like being guided. I just don't see how that's a bad thing. So yeah. I, I think that if you are listening to this podcast and you consider yourself a leader, then the answer is us.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I would I would even add that even if you don't directly manage people, often you have can have an impact on the other people around you and the culture that you created the company and the engagement there. So I think a lot of times, you know, Uh, employees early in their careers or those frontline workers um, can feel a little helpless on really, how do I really impact kind of the culture that exists here or improve employee engagement? But I'd say the best organizations and leaders know that they're the ones, those frontline workers that are going to have the best ideas and they're going to listen when you reach out. And so I'd encourage everyone, even, even if you feel like you maybe don't have the power to do that, Try, try making, you know, voicing your opinion there, because if you have really great leaders at your company, they're going to hear you out and they're going to be thankful for the feedback and they're going to find ways to improve upon the things that you shared with.
1: Yeah. A billion per, a billion percent. Solid ad, solid ad.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, Logan, this has been such a great conversation, really, really enjoyed it. A last question I have for you that I like to ask all of our guests on here, unrelated from our topic, though it does it is kind of related to our topic. So um, <laughs> at, at Eddie, our company, we we talk a lot about um, our mission is really helping local businesses build healthy, enduring companies, really through focusing on their people. And so in your opinion, What's the, what's the key to building a healthy, enduring company today?
1: Uh, I think uh, generosity is a foundation of, of companies that are, will be both stable and successful. Um, we live in a, in a very odd world where there's a lot of infighting or political issues or disagreements. And I think, I think the companies that are generous... In uh, being kind, generous, in doing the right thing, I think companies that are are generous in in their you know positivity, I think those are the companies that will stand out and uh, and and will grow. They'll attract the right kind of talent. They'll attract the right kind of customers and business partners, and and a generous approach um, will be will be a light in in some uh, in some mad times. So I I know that's not that's a soft answer. That's not as tangible as a as a financial or a marketing answer, but um but I but I believe it.
0: I, I love it. I think it's a great answer. So. Thank you. Um, well, thank you again so much for taking the time to join and share your insights, thoughts with us today. If there are listeners that want to get in contact with you, um, have follow-up questions, or if they want to learn more about Motivosity, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, again, Motivocity will help with your retention and employee engagement and employee satisfaction. And you can find us, It's it's uh, you can Google Motivosity and, and we'll show up. Um I spend a lot of my time on LinkedIn and that's uh, kind of, kind of my favorite playground. So if you Google uh, Logan Mallory on the or excuse me, if you search for Logan Mallory on LinkedIn, uh, I'll be on there with a, a hat and a goofy smile and I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. So I, I do hope the audience will reach out. It is a small world. We need all the friends we can get. And I'd love to be a resource for, uh, for anyone who's, who's listening today.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much again, Logan. Hope you have a great rest of the day.
1: Thanks, Garrett. Appreciate you and uh, the team at Eddie. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. But often small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddy is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddy, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddy.com today to request a demo.